You are now tuned into Shotgun Sports USA. Powered by Winchester. Recorded in the U.S. And streaming all over the world. We talk to shotgun shooters from all disciplines, championship winning coaches, gun clubs, world-class target setters, vendors, and industry-leading companies that fuel the sport. If you are into clay target sports, you are at the right place. For insider information from some of the best in the world every Every single single week. week. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and connect with us on social media. You can also catch our episodes on ShotgunSportsUSA.com. Being a brand name in the clay target industry, Rick Hemingway has said, Have you ever noticed almost all major sporting events are being run by pro-matic traps? Think about that statement for a minute. He's right, and you may want to consider that before making your next purchase. Rick is the largest Promatic dealer specializing in individual and commercial trap sales. Rick provides skeet, trap, five stamp, and sporting clays, designs, installs, and service. He also offers accessories such as solar panels, wireless release systems, as well as the hottest item on the market, the Claybot by Renair Products. Visit www.backwoodsquailclub.com or give him a call at 843-546-546. 1466. Castellani shooting vests are manufactured in Italy and internationally recognized by elite shooters as the most popular lightweight shooting vests on the market. Castellani vests are especially known for their Italian styling and superior craftsmanship and quality, making them a vest of choice for all shooting disciplines. Ultimate Shooting Accessories is the exclusive supplier of Castellani vests in the United States. Visit ultimateshootingaccessories.com for more information and to place your order. My guest on the show is considered one of the best, if not the best, to ever shoot international ski. He is a three-time Olympic gold medalist, a great competitor, and a family man out of Fort Worth, Texas. Please welcome to the show, Vincent Hancock. Vinny, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I know you've probably been hit from every which way you can with people wanting to talk to you, so I really appreciate you coming on and, and taking some time with me. Uh, glad to be here. It's It's been a little hectic for the last few months, but you know it's it's all worth it in the end. How's everything been since you've been back? It's been a little crazy. <laughs> I bet. Uh, between doing different media events, doing different events, uh, and phone calls, podcasts, text mm-hmm. messages, emails, and people trying to get in for coaching. And, and you know, that's not even something I've really done a whole lot of here in the last few months, Yeah, but it's just been a never ending stream of people trying to get in touch with me and you know, asking me to go do events for them too. And it's, uh, you know, trying to be, trying to be able to pick the ones that fit in the schedule. So it still allows me time to spend time with my kids too. Yeah. You need a secretary. It sounds like <laughs> that would be welcomed <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah i mean you know being you okay and and doing the things you've done with the olympics what is it how many olympics have you been to 
I've been to four. Been to four. Yep. And gold and gold medaled in three. Yes, sir. And so how does that feel to be a three time Olympic gold medalist? I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. It's oh, yeah. more than I ever would have dreamed of to be very real with you. And yeah. you know, the it's of course my goal every time I go somewhere to win it. Uh, no matter where I am or what I'm doing. But you know, this one was particularly special because you know, I'd worked really hard for the last four years, five years to overcome what, you know, that kind of mental state that I had gotten into at Rio and not being able to, you know, to accomplish what I wanted to there. And I've had a lot of success since Rio, actually before Rio. And that's the only one that I, that's the only final I haven't made in like six or seven years now mm-hmm. overseas. Right. Frustrating that I had to be that one, but I was able to, to overcome a lot of that stuff and then having to deal with COVID and, and the delay and you know, not even knowing if we were going to have it. It was just, you kept hearing so many things, even just even a week or two prior to us leaving to go to Tokyo, people were still saying, Hey, you know, this might get canceled. And so it was funny. Amber and I, uh, we've known each other since we were 16. Uh, Amber English, the other Olympic gold medalist there from Tokyo, we were, teasing each other and we're saying you know what we're going to believe that this is real and actually going to happen when we put our feet on the ground in japan and when we got there we looked at each other like well i guess it's real it's happening and then we just said you know what let's go do it now talking about leading up to it not knowing if it's going to happen what kind of what does that do to your training to your mindset what does that i mean how does that make you feel or how does that affect you uh, going into the Olympics and not really knowing what's going to happen. It, it definitely was a different feeling. Um, prior to going to matches and you know you're going to be there, you know who you're competing against. Uh, not that it really makes a difference, just that you you know you're going to compete against the best in the world. It's You're always training to be the best that you can be. But the uncertainty of, am I even training for something that's going to happen? You know, You have to try to just bury that as much as you can and say, no, this is what they're saying. This is what we're doing. I'm training to go and be my best and to go and win this match no matter what happens. And so that's just kind of the mindset that we had to have, you know, when it got canceled last year or postponed last year, it was, do I keep training? Uh, do I, do I take time off? What, what's the deal? And uh, it took me a little bit. I I actually shot for like a week or two into the whole, quarantine and everything like that and then i just said you know what we're not going to have anything and so i'm just going to take off the time because i was planning on taking off this year from competition just mm-hmm. so i could stay at home kids and everything else and um now i was like okay there's nothing here so i guess god's kind of laughing at that plan let me just take the time off this year since i, I literally can't miss anything anyway and when i did i took off Oh gosh, I took off nine months wow. and I barely touched my gun. Now, I was coaching quite a bit, but really wasn't shooting. And when I came back, I was so refreshed mentally and physically that I mean, I wanted to go out to the range and practice every day. I was looking forward to traveling overseas, which after doing this for 16, 17 years, the, the travel can get kind of old. And, but I mean, I was ready to get on the airplane to go over. So I would say that it almost benefited me having the thing pushed back and delayed. So it just gave me a whole better outlook on everything. Yeah. Did you think it was going to be that way or did it just, did it just happen to be that way? 
Uh, I kind of was, was anticipating it being that way because when I took off time after Rio, that's how I felt as well. I took seven months off after Rio. Mm -hmm. And when I came back there, I mean, I was ready to go. <laughs> and it was, it really did end up being the same way this time. You know, it's, I guess, you know, they, the old saying is distance makes the heart, heart grow fonder. Well, that was kind of the same thing with me, even though I was still at the range coaching not being out there and just doing the monotonous grind of an everyday thing, you know, five to six days a week. And, you know, leading up to this games, I was shooting seven days a week for probably two or three months. And it's just, it's a lot. That's a lot, especially after doing it for as long as I have. How many rounds do you shoot a day when you're shooting seven days a week? Uh, it's a, it's anywhere from like 175 to 225. Yeah. Uh, like right now I'm kind of, I've been been surprisingly still just tired, you know, kind of worn out. Uh, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've recovered yet since the game's just been going too hard. So I'm only shooting like 150 to 175, but I've got to bump that up in the next, you know, basically tomorrow. I got to start shooting at 200 because I've got a match still left this year, uh, middle of October, uh, over in Cyprus. So President's Cup, or formerly known as a World Cup final. And I need to go over there and, and do well there too. So, so I got a lot of practice left to do in the next three weeks. Yeah. So you set an Olymp Olympic record. Am I right when I say that? Yes. You hit 59 out of 60. Yes. Okay. How was that even possible to do that on, on the stage <laughs> that you're on? I mean, how do you 59 out of 60? I mean, you beat the, what the next guy by four targets. Yep. Mm, beat, him, beat him by four. It was, you know, the, the thing is, is that the, and I will have to say, yes, it was an Olympic record, but it's also the first time we've shot that course of fire. So whoever won was going to have the Olympic record. Now, I had the world record at 59 for a year, mm -hmm. and I think I shot like five or six 59s in World Cups or World Championships. And then I shot a 60. Uh, it was last year, I think 2019 in Mexico. And then, uh, so that's two years ago, I guess. But... Um, you know, it's, there's not been many 60s. I think there's been three 60s shot in the world uh, since we transitioned to this new one to the last five years. And there's been a handful of 59s as well. But kind of the shooting in this, this match in Tokyo, I was shooting really well. I mean, in, in practice, I was shooting good. And then during the match, I was shooting good. Uh, I mean, I was straight up until my last round. I was solo first. And then the wind picked up a little bit. I got too aggressive and I changed some mechanics that I, should have known better. I just didn't realize it because you know, my mind was not going to lie. You're nervous and you're in the last round. You're leading your perfect score. And you now it's like, okay, well I need to make sure I'm doing the right thing. So then you start going more into your own own self and you change things to, to get down to the targets that are falling real hard. And you, know, you make those changes with all, then all of a sudden you, you've gone, you've gone too far. And I didn't realize that I had done that until it was too late. You know, I, I dropped three out of my last 14 targets to go from solo first to tied for fourth with five other people. And so I had about five minutes as I was the last squad to shoot and I come off and I'm, I'm pissed. I mean, I'm royally, royally pissed off at this point because I told one of the assistant coaches, like I just lost the Olympics in a half of a round. And they were like, no, 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 you have a shoot off. And I looked up at him and I was like, you're kidding me. Right. And because I, I would figure that 123s were going to be the ones that got in, not a 122 out of 125. Right. And they're like, no, seriously, it's a big shoot off, but you got it. But you got five minutes. We got to walk over there right now. So we walk over there. I sit down in a chair. 
And I just started thinking about it, replaying it back in my head. I was like, okay, what went wrong? And it took me a few minutes because I was really flustered. You know, my, my, my brain was filled with a lot of different stuff that was going on. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me as I'm re just replaying the shots back through my head. And then I, I feel what happened. I was like, wait a minute, I got too aggressive. And I changed my posture, which blocked me off from mounting to the target, being able to move down to it properly and staying on the bottom front side. So I stand back up, mount the gun better, and my moves are going to fix itself. So I'm like, all right, well, do I do this in the shoot off? Because it's a missing out. And you got you, you stand up, you shoot a pair. If you miss one of those targets and the other ones hit them, you're out. Right. And so I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to fix this, I need to fix it now. And whatever happens, happens. So I shoot the first pair. It feels terrible. But I realized as I felt it a little bit, I was like, yep, that, that felt a little bit better. And then the next pair I shot and everything felt perfect again. And I was like, that, that was it. And then I ended up winning the shoot off. We had a few more pairs and uh, qualified in fourth. So then we get into the final and I've, I've already had that, the, the super high adrenaline and then the complete fall from, you know, because I missed those targets and then getting to shoot a few more pairs in the, in the shoot off. Honestly, it helped me because I had to go through those nerves again. Well, we step up and we start shooting this final. Everybody's back at zero anyway. And I'm like, okay, I just need to come out here. I need to put forth a, a really good first 20 targets, see where that puts me, and then we'll go from there. Well, I ran the first 20 and I got some good breaks. The wind wasn't messing with me a whole lot that first 20. And then the wind started messing with my targets some more. And uh, so then I ended up missing one out of my, on my, 30 target pass. So the next 10 and uh, but other people started missing. I mean, number one and number two were the first two guys out. And then the number three guy dropped out. So then it was just four five and six. So I'm sitting in fourth. Now I'm leading off. And then I, and I love leading off, especially in finals. So that just kind of changed. And I knew I had a medal as well. And I just started cruising and I started shooting really well. I was seeing the targets great the entire time that I was there. And you know, I, I can kind of look back and I had a two target lead, I think, going into the last pass. And I, I could tell that those guys knew that I was on. And, like, and I, to be honest, I knew I was on. Right. <laughs> it was going to take a miracle for me to mess this up. And, but then once he missed another target, I had a three target lead. And I just kind of like, okay, yeah, it's over now. I'm good. And once I get, usually once I get that much of a lead, then all the nerves go away. You get a lot more comfortable, and it's a lot easier to finish it out. Yeah. So you said you uh, you like to lead off first. Is that is that just because you don't have to watch somebody else shoot in front of you? No, I mean, honestly, I like shooting. Or I like seeing people shoot in front of me because I can see what the targets are doing. Okay. But at the same time, in the finals, if you're leading off, that means you're in first. Oh, and I like okay. being I, I like being able to, to go out there, step out there, and, and set the, set the tone for what everybody else has to do. And it's, you know, once you, once you start cruising and you're in first place or you're lead off, so they all have to see that you haven't missed any targets or that you've missed one and they are, they're down two or three. They're constantly trying to pressure themselves to keep up with you. Mm -hmm. And typically not always, but typically people don't like to handle that kind of situation. And this is where you're training. I mean, everyday shooting, you know, yes, as, I mean, as, as far as the pressure, as far as being in this situation, I'm sure you've yep. practiced this over and over again and been in that uh, situation. And I have put myself mentally in that situation many times. Uh, I, I always look at myself as being, well, I shouldn't say always, I go back and forth. I, I set my set my mindset as, okay, I'm a target down. 
and I've got 20 targets left, or I'm two targets down, and I have 20 targets left. I need to run this next 20. Or I'm leading by a target, or two targets, or three targets, and I've got 10 targets left. You know, or we're tied going into it. just all kinds of different situations. You can mentally prepare yourself for those. Yeah. And you know, by just convincing yourself you're in that situation. And then also, like we we play music. We we have people trying to distract us when we're training out here at the range. And I had I had a friend of mine bring his camera out, so it was clicking all the time. You know, the shutter was clicking, so you can get used to that because I mean that was happening every single round, especially when I was shooting. And you now we have video guys moving all around us, so we'd have people walking all around me trying to distract me. And it just it allows you to stay better focused, learning how to. It's just called distraction training, you know, learning how to deal with those distractions. That's crazy. You know, I had uh, Matt Zanis on a podcast with me a few episodes back, and I was talking to him about Olympic, you know, the, the posture and everything, training these Olympic athletes. Is that something that really helped you going into this as well? Uh, I will say that Matt has helped me uh, tremendously. Yeah. Uh, he's been one of the, I mean, I was hurt for a number of years that I was just trying to shoot through it. And uh, between my shoulder and my back, uh, my shoulder from shooting and my back from, from lifting heavy stuff while I was being stupid in the army. And, um, it, it's taken us three years to get my body where it needs to be. Well, it's still not even where it needs to be or where I want it to be yet, but it to where I can handle the pressure and the stress that gets put on it. Now there's kind of a, a misnomer that shooting athletes do, you know a lot of people say you don't need to be in shape to be a shooter well i can tell you that when you are and when you're when you're doing the right things I mean, you don't have to have abs for days you don't have to be built you don't have to do any of that kind of stuff but you know as long as you're physically fit to the point that you can handle the stress the the pressure and the just the long days the heat all of that comes into play because you won't you don't fatigue as much mm-hmm. you can last longer now, all of those things come into play, and he has been a, a crucial part in getting my body to where I'm not in pain anymore every day. I mean, I'm still in pain a lot, but not every day. And um, it's just increasingly getting better and better and better the more that I do his programming. Yeah. What do you do to stay in shape? What's your routine like? Uh, it programs all of my workouts for me. I, I work out six days a week, and it's a, it's kind of what we call it is it's a strength through, through mobility. And we're starting to increase my weight loads and stuff like that. But probably for the first year, I barely did any, any weights at all. Most everything was just getting me, getting my range of motion to the point that I could sustain it at all and without any weights. So it's just been a process of increasingly, you know, leaning out a little bit and, and dropping some more, some weight that was unneeded. And then increasing my strength slowly but surely and i can handle the gun better i can move it anywhere that i want anywhere that i want to at this point and and over the time my back doesn't hurt as bad that was the worst part was my back uh, I, i've had times where i haven't been able to walk because wow. it's so bad for days and days I and mean, one one point in time i think it was over a week i could barely get out of bed and now i don't have those issues um, because i've strengthened uh, my 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 core as well as back, as well as legs. I mean, everything. It's just an all-over deal that I've uh, I've been working on with him, and it's paid off. Yeah. Now, when you're at the Olympics or you're at a big a big tournament, 
do you uh-huh. do you distance yourself from people or do you, you try to stay in your own little world so to speak i mean is, is that important to you it just depends uh for me it was I, i'm sure that i seemed a lot more distant this time than i did anything else but i think that that's just kind of how things go and when you get into a, a frame of mind that you get into especially at this you know, such a high level i mean the highest level you can get to mm-hmm. you tend to kind of go in in yourself a little bit more and uh, it wasn't intentional but yeah. i know that i did comparatively but for the most part like when i'm at world cups world championships i'm still messing around with the guys i'm still talking to them hanging out laughing playing cards doing different stuff like that and when i go when i go to get ready you know 10 minutes before my round 15 minutes before my round I start, I'll put my headphones in and I'll start getting my own little, little space. And then I'll go do some practice mounts and then I'll go to the, to the range where I'm shooting at, you know, two or three minutes before it's my turn and just get ready. Does this medal from Tokyo mean more to you than any of the others? I think it does, uh, to be honest, because it was, I think that I was expected to win on this one. Again, I was expected to win in 08. I was not expected to win in 2012. And this one, I think the expectation was there because I've been shooting so well. But for me, it was. I worked really, really hard for this medal, mm-hmm. really hard. And then having to go through shooting terrible my last round and feeling like I like I was out of it to going and winning the shoot off and just keeping myself motivated and driven to keep going I think that one is the one that that's going to mean the most to me in the long run because I was able to overcome all that adversity that that I put in my own in my own place, and uh, you know that's it's just nice being able to overcome all that. Yeah. As the other two, I've I led for the entire time, and yes, I had a sudden death shoot off in 08, but I was still in first place the whole time, and then I dropped one at the very end to go into that shoot off, and then in, in London I led the entire time. So this time I led the entire time except for that last round and then had to shoot my way back into it. Yeah. So it was, I like this one. This yeah. one, like I said, was, uh, was, I'm going to remember this one for a long time. <laughs> hey, if I won one, I remember them all for, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember them all. Yes. But, you know, it's, I don't try not to be recent recency biased, but yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I think everything that went, went along with this, the delay, all the work, and all the pressure and everything else that's going on in my life this year and the last year and a half has been, this was the one. You've talked about there's so much more work and effort put into each medal that you have won. I've heard you say that. Like each one that I've won, it seems like I've put more work into. Can you ex- yeah. can you explain that? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to explain, honestly, because it's, I don't know if it's just getting older. I don't know if it's, if it's, the stress of life or, or the things that just life in general brings to you. But it just seems like every year things get a little bit different and you've got to continually work. I mean, the work never stops. You'd think that it'd get easier as you get older. And in some ways it does, but then in some ways it it, it gets harder. And I know that I love what I do and I, and I, I wouldn't want to do anything else, especially not right now. Now, in the future, yes, I know I'm going to have to, but uh, you know, I, I've been really enjoying going out and shooting and competing and and doing the things that I love to do, and that's helped a little bit. But no, I guess maybe it's the expectations you know, from just myself as well as everybody else too. The more you win, the more everybody else expects you to win too. Yeah, and 
you can't get overcome with those expectations because it can be seriously unrealistic. Uh, you can't win everything. You know, I, I try to, yes, but you just can't win everything all the time. At some point in time, you're going to miss. And at some point in time, there's going to be somebody that comes along that's better than you. So that's what keeps me pushing myself to try to get better every day is because I know that there's somebody out there, whether it be a kid or somebody my age or whoever, whatever age they are, they're out there working hard to beat me. Yeah. And the only way that I can continue to stay on top of them is to, to out train them. Well, the more years you do it, I'm 20 plus years in now, the more years you do it, the harder it gets to stay motivated to keep doing that. So that's why you just have to keep pushing yourself harder. Yeah. And I think that's what the harder is. You just got to keep doing it. I saw a video of you. I guess you probably just did this with Beretta. Um, it's a really cool video on YouTube of you talking kind of about your gun, about yourself. Um, is that a recent video you did? I believe so. I think that I, I, if I, it's the one that I'm thinking of, yep. then it was from uh, May of this year in Italy at the World Cup there. We got a, we filmed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, talk about. I want to talk about your gun because it's it's um, isn't it unique as far as you got a 30 inch barrel and a lot of people shoot 28s. Is that right? Yeah. So we've started to see kind of a transition because between Craig off having the park gores mm-hmm. and having lighter barrels and Beretta putting in the, the DT 11 black, which has a carbon fiber rib, right. you've been able to keep the same weight as a 28 inch barrel, but in a 30. And I can't tell you how much of a difference that extra two inches going from 28 to 30 inch makes on our targets. Now it makes it a little bit more difficult on like a, a station two and six and station eight, but stations three, four, and five, it helps us out significantly. And then you get into the finals where we shoot the reverse pairs on three and five, and you're extending out past 30 yards. Uh, that doesn't seem like it's a lot, but I can promise you the statistically wise, when I moved to the 30 inch barrels, my scores went up and, but I, I kept the same weight barrels too. That, that was the crucial part for me. And it, I, it took me a little while to be a believer uh, to, to even try to try the 30 inch barrels. And then I got them and I shot them for about a month. And it was the barrels were a little bit heavier on that gun. So I switched over to a lighter barrel. And as soon as I did, I mean, within a week, um, my scores jumped up and it was crazy high. I mean, like averaging over 124 at that point in time, back in 2017. And I, I don't think I'll ever switch back. I really don't. Uh, there's no reason for me to switch back. Uh, I'm shooting this this length barrel and this gun too good to want to go to anything else. Makes you not even want to change anything. Like if it even if the, <laughs> gun, if the gun breaks, you're like, okay, I'm going to just shoot the broke gun. You know, I mean, it's like right. it's like it's part of your part of your body. <laughs> you know. Yep. So does your competition? Are they shooting 28s? Or are they also shooting 30s? It's back and forth. Okay. Uh, a lot of people now, since I started shooting this gun, have switched over to 30 inch barrels either in a 694 or in the DT11 black. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're, and you're seeing a lot more of it in uh, the, the lighter guns and the other manufacturers too. You know, they're, they're trying to make the guns lighter so you can get them in their hands and still be able to move the gun the way you need to, but have that ex- little bit extra length. Yeah. And I, I shot the 20-inch barrels per, obviously perfectly fine too. I won two Olympic medals with them. And, right. But 
I would shoot this gun over the old gun every single time. So you just, only thing you can really tell when it, on the rib is just that it's lighter for a 30 inch barrel. You can't really tell any other differences, right? Uh, that you'll see a little bit difference in the color. It's a more of like a wide rib as well. Kind of okay. like a, like the old Broadway rib. Yeah. It's not quite that wide, but I mean, it's still pretty wide mm-hmm. and some, you'll notice at the beginning. And I mean, I did for the first few weeks, but then as I started shooting it more and it just, just becomes natural and normal. You're a big family guy. I've heard you talk about your family. I mean, forever, as, as long as yes, I've been watching you, um, your girls are getting older. I think you have two girls. Is that right? I do. And yep. uh, so how old are they now? Nine and 10. Is that right? Nine and 11, nine and 11. Just- all right. Are they showing any interest in shooting, following in dad's footsteps? <laughs> a little bit. I actually just got them a gun, a, a A428 gauge mm-hmm. that I'm trying to find a, a youth stock for. And as soon as I do, I'm going to take them out and that'll be their first gun where they get to shoot by themselves. Um, my, my youngest one is definitely big enough. She's a, she's a, she's like a brick house. And then my oldest one is, is tall enough and mature enough to be able to handle it too. So I think that there it's time for them to get started into it and they don't have to compete. I've told them, I was like, look, I understand you don't have to compete in this. You don't have a choice, but to learn how to shoot. Like that's not, that's beyond question. You can't, right. you can't learn how to shoot, but you're going to have to find something that you want to compete in. You got to find a sport. It doesn't have to be this one though. It can, you, you don't have to do it just because I do. I want you to enjoy what you do. And this is something that I want to be able to enjoy with them. I don't want to put them under the, under the pressure of having to go out there and try to follow my footsteps and do anything that's not their choice. But, you know, I hope that they, they choose to, to take it up and at least do it for fun you know, on a pretty consistent basis. But you know, for me, the big thing is, is letting them choose their path, like, like, kind of like I did. And because you're going to enjoy it a lot more when it's something that you truly want to do. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, I've talked about this before, as far as getting kids involved with shooting and everyone said the same thing. You have to let them want to do it. You can't make them yep. do it. And, and my kids are, are kind of to the point where mine are, mine are eight and 12 and the eight year old wants to shoot, but I don't think that he's quite ready to shoot. I want him to enjoy it and want to do it and want to keep doing it. And I've got him the same gun too, a 28 gauge Beretta A400. So the stock you're considering for your kids, is it a wood stock or is it a stock like you're shooting? What kind of stock are you putting on there? Yeah, it's just going to be a standard stock. Okay. Uh, I, until they were to get very serious about stuff, I wouldn't put them in, in mine. Uh, it's just, it's not worth the, the money to put in on, into something, you know, yeah. if, you're, if they're not going to be super uh, into it. And I wouldn't put it on a semi-auto anyway. I'd probably just put it on a, you know, keep, stick to it over and under with, with that one. Yeah. Okay. So you're coaching also, you hadn't been doing a lot of that, but you love to coach. Uh, yeah. When I, I like to be able to, to find athletes that are, that are driven, that mm-hmm. are really motivated to, to, you know, succeed. And you know, it's, it's nice to find them if they, when they have the talent too. Uh, mm-hmm. thankfully I've, thankfully I've had, uh, a couple of students that have been you know, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, one traveled with me, uh, Austin, she's, uh, she made the Olympic team, the U.S. Olympic team for, for skeet. And I think she finished in eighth position. She was one target out of the final. And, but I mean, she shot so well. She, she turned 20 at the Olympic games. Um, she's just an awesome human being in general anyway. Um, so I mean, it, it's been fun. I've got some students right now that are down at the world championships in Lima, Peru, and their first day of competition is tomorrow. And, uh, it's, it's always fun to kind of see how they're going to come out, how they're going to do, but, 
for me, it's the helping the next generation because I know I'm not going to be around for that for that much longer. I mean, yeah, I could keep doing this for another 20 years if I chose, but I would love to be able to to see these guys succeed and guys and girls to succeed and you know be the next the next step, be the guys and girls that are going to be you know just ruining all the records that that Kim Rohde and I set over the years I, I want that to happen because that means that shooting in the u.s is getting better it's improving it's growing and uh, we're seeing that already but i want to continue to see it too you're considered one of the best if not the best ever shoot the game what's next for you well for me it's you know, refocusing myself knowing that i'm going to 2024 and that's my that's my goal for in the athletic realm if you will. But the next phase for me is to, to continue to grow my, I hate saying it because it, 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 however you want to take it, but to grow my brand to where it's more recognizable. And the reason I say that is because I feel like I've got a pretty good platform to be able to take the shooting sports to people that haven't ever done it before because of having an Olympic medal, specifically because of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole goal, I think, is to find ways to increase opportunities for people to shoot. So, possibly with uh, you know finding out a ways to to make more shooting ranges, which is something that I'm working on right now, and partner with other shooting ranges and get more kids involved. Um, I, for me, it's it, it all goes hand in hand. There, if you have more shooting facilities available, then you're going to have more people come out and shoot because they have the opportunities like right now and here in Texas, we're having to turn away kids because we don't have room on the teams or room to even make teams because every, all the shooting ranges are full. No, we don't have the opportunity for growth that we should because we just need more opportunity in general. And, you know, and kind of that, that R3 initiative as well. Uh, The recruitment retention and, and reactivation that's another big aspect of it. We've got to get people into this in every facet, you know, guys and girls, all ages, and show them that shooting is the safest sport in the world. Shooting is the one of the most fun sports in the world, and you can do it for pretty much the longest out of any sport in the world. Now, that's, to me, going to end up being the legacy that I want to leave, is that I help to grow the shooting sports and to bring that into the main eye of the world. It's well said. Um, that's, and that's great. I think that's, you know, um, the future, the future of the sport are the kids and getting them shooting and understanding it. And, you know, that's good that you're doing something like that for sure. Who has helped you get to where you're at? I know you've got several people that's helped you. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of people that have helped me. Uh, some, some of my close friends, uh, obviously way back in the day, my parents were, were key in, in getting me going and, and keeping me going. Yeah. Uh, my girls obviously are, are a huge part of this and you know, there's, there's been some other, other really good friends of mine that have come through for me here in the last year and a half and helped me through some, through some stuff. And, you know, it's, it's to them that I'm thankful for. Obviously my sponsors have been the, the ones that have made it all possible. Really. Uh, I, I can't thank Beretta and, and federal ammunition enough. And it's, it's opened the doors now for, for me to get, you know, new partnerships as well. Uh, I, I'm just now partners, partnering with First Form, uh, which is a supplement company based mm-hmm. out of St. Louis. I was, I've been using the, those supplements for the last almost year now, and I can't tell you how much of a difference that makes. So like we were talking about working with Matt the other, uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, 
all of this stuff coupled together has made a huge impact on ways that as I get older, ways that I can recover faster, ways that I can stay mentally sharp as well, and ways that I can continue to push myself and then you know, help, help my body just recover faster. So I, I'm excited about all that. There's some other ones that are coming down the line as well that hopefully in time I can say thank you to them too. And you know, but I'm mostly thankful for my family. They, they've been the ones that have stayed there uh, always, whether it was through wins or losses. Uh, I, I cannot thank them enough for all the time that they've spent by themselves supporting me while I'm gone doing some, you know, doing one of these competitions. All right. Before I let you go, you got to tell me one cool thing that you've done since you've been back. Oh gosh. Uh, probably one of the, one of the most fun things I did was I got to go out to California and shoot pistols with, with some guys. And uh, I was at Terran tactical and one of his guys, one of his trainers, his name was JR guy was just super knowledgeable and walked me through and taught me and i'll readily admit i'm not a great pistol shooter mm-hmm. i'm not even a great rifle shooter but i can shoot rifles okay but pistols i have never been good at right. and over the couple of days I, mean, I got to meet some great people out there too actually some friends of mine that i've that i've continued to talk talk with now and he walked me through so well that I mean, I came, I came away from there feeling really confident about myself and being able to shoot a pistol totally changed, changed my life as it relates to pistol shooting. So that was probably one of the coolest things I got to do since. Well, that is cool. Taryn tactical, some cool stuff. I used to have a lot of stuff on some guns from Taryn tactical. So uh, I, I got to shoot, uh, while I was there, I got to shoot one of the guns from tomorrow war that Chris Pratt used. So that one was pretty cool too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I know you got plenty of things to do besides sit here and talk to me. So I appreciate the time that you've given me and, and wish you the best of luck. You know, um, you're always a good guy to talk to. You're always well-spoken and I appreciate you. And, uh, like I said, you know, good luck in the future. Well, thank you, man. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me yeah, and man. looking forward to the next time we can do this. That's it. I'll talk to you later, bud. <laughs>